Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 209. I am your host, Jose. I am here with my lovely new wife, Brittany Acevedo. <laughs> As she rolls her eyes, she loves being called that, and I am very, very, very excited for this episode. Today's episode is actually with a therapist. It is Empowering Youth Therapy, and we're sitting down with the CEO, Holly Essler, and it was so incredible to kind of sit down and get to know a therapist on this level. It is very laid back. It's very um, impromptu, and she was very open about what her story was and how she came to be, and so we are so excited to I just have her aboard and when I say that she is located in the heart of Tempe, Arizona, you have no idea how close she is to the ASU campus. So I encourage you all over there at ASU, take the moment, show yourself some love and go over to Empowering Youth Therapy. So that takes us into our business and that is we are promoting ourselves at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. You can hear every episode there on top of which we also have a newsletter and blog. Brittany, what's this week's blog about? the final Friday of the month, so we're recapping our five favorite finds, and this is all about our wedding. Yeah, and I like to say it's our five favorite moments, because uh, most of mine are just moments that we were, you know, in enjoying ourselves and it was a lot to take in. There was a lot of special moments and you have to go read up to find out more. And with that, we'll go into a little bit of uh, how you guys can support us. We are available over at patreon.com slash finding Arizona podcast. There you will sign up for one of the tiers that we have set up. And there you will also get bonus content like um, our fine examination. It is our bonus content that we run down 50 questions with every guest that comes in through our doors. It is a fun little palate cleanser for everyone. They always leave here smiling and just enjoying it. It's a good way to just kind of um, downshift from such a impromptu like pod podcast and learning about someone emotionally, physically. Like it's just, it's a good way to just slow down and enjoy themselves at the end and they always enjoy it. So go check that out it is a fun little way to get to know everyone and then uh last but not least we do have a community cork board that you guys can sign up for please send all of your invitation invites whatnot over to finding arizona podcast at gmail.com there we will sign you up for a little shout out like the following next week the phoenix tattoo expo is going on from november 1st all weekend long through the third so from 3 p.m to 7 p.m you are available you are able to go over to the delta hotel resort over at 200 north centennial way mesa arizona 85281 you will also be able to sign, uh, get your tickets uh, online uh, they're anywhere between $20 a day to a package of $45 for the whole weekend that's going to be a fun one for all you tattoo lovers next up the 50 the 50th annual fall festival going on uh, this weekend from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. over at El Dorado Park in Scottsdale, Arizona. If you are a big fan of Halloween like most people are, this is the Halloween weekend for us. Phoenix does it best because we are, let me just go outside and feel the weather. It's perfect out there. So I enjoy going all to all the uh, fall festivals and all the Halloween stuff. So you might catch us at one of these. The 50th annual one's going on today, again, at El Dorado Park. That's 2311. North Miller Road. Go check it out. The next one is Halloween related. It is also the Halloween Day Crawl from uh, today in Old Town Scottsdale from 12 to 6 p.m. Some of the best bars throughout Old Town are taking taking part in this little bar crawl. So go get your tickets over at Eventbrite. I encourage you guys all. This uh, is going to be a fun one. You can use also the discount code CBC or uh, sorry SBC to get a discounted uh, off your ticket price. Uh, next and last but not least, I saved this one for Brittany. It is the Day of the Dead Barbie Workshop over at Crafty Chicas. Yes, uh, over at Mucho's Moss Art Studio from 12 to 2 p.m. You can go take your Barbie over and you can go dress her up and paint her face like one of the day to dead uh barbie dolls so go over there that ticket uh, the tickets are online at event 
ramp right there about 40 bucks but I encourage you guys this is gonna be a fun class for every girl who wants uh, who is in love with this Mexican style uh, Day of the Dead celebration it is beautiful and our friend Crafty Chica is going to be um, the one uh, part like hosting the class and uh, teaching everyone how to do it it is going to be a beautiful event I encourage you guys to go check it out plus the art studio is right next to the book uh, the book library that they have there and I encourage you guys to go check that out too because that is a beautiful space so today is going to be a fun weekend filled with a lot of day of the dead celebrations a lot of the Halloween celebrations just go out and have a good time enjoy your weekend and we will catch you on the next episode of finding Arizona podcast I'll see you guys what is it you do and why do you do it here at finding Arizona podcast we love to showcase that and so do our friends at Every Impression Counts. They offer free strategy consultations so you can envision the possibilities for your business or idea, such as websites, social media management, paid advertising like the top of Google, along with advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Snap, video production, photography, podcasting, SEO, blogging, analytics, and so much more. In today's world, it's never been so cost-effective to produce and distribute content with the tools that you have at your disposal. If you've ever thought, what if, just have a combo with my friends at Every Impression Counts. You can find them at eic.agency or check out the, what they're up to by following them on Instagram and Facebook at Every Impression Counts and tell them Finding Arizona Podcast sent you. Hey Arizona, did you know NextGen Partner Strategies offers full service business solutions for small and large Arizona companies, including payment processing, payroll protection, and telemedicine. You can call 888-680-4677 to find out just how business ownership got easier. Yeah, should be good to go. Okay. Whoa! He <laughs> gonna get it. Oh, uh, it's a two. It's a Wednesday. Wow, I can't believe it's a Tuesday. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fighting Arizona podcast. I'm your host Jose. As always, we bring in someone very special, and today is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, she is a social worker. She's also a therapist. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Holly. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. And do you want to let everyone know your last name just so that if they want to look you up as sure. a therapist? My, so I'm Holly Essler. Um, I am the owner and founder of Empowering Youth Therapy. Yes. Um, it's a mental health private practice and I am located in downtown Tempe right off of Mill and University. Yes. So very conveniently close to Arizona State University. Was that a personal choice or is that something that you kind of looked at and was like, okay, this is, if I'm going to do this, I want to choose this location. Yeah. When we were looking for um, office space, you know, definitely with the demographic that I work with, mm-hmm. um, Tempe has a lot of the younger professionals, younger adults, emerging adults. Um, and I knew I wanted to be somewhere in that area. Yeah. Um, and I think the closer to the campus, the better. So it was kind of um, fun but interesting trying to find office space yeah. that was um, what I was looking for but also in a really great location and I just happened to find this like golden nugget like right <laughs> off of Millen University yeah. so I was incredibly lucky to get that so um, yes to that the demographic of what yeah. I work with. Let me ask you this was it was the demographic um, easy to connect with early on I mean I, I don't know how long you've been having this brick and mortar so I would love to kind of get that time range yeah so I founded empowering youth therapy in um, 2018 and I moved into um, the Tempe location February of 2019 so I had a few months in between there to um, do a lot of promotional things and marketing for myself yeah and with that specific demographic I am on Instagram a lot so (laughs) that has been my um, kind of way I think of reaching that clientele and how I'm able to um, connect with them so that was um, kind of part of it how people were able to find me um, also, you know, being kind of um, 
through Arizona State University, they have like uh, a list of just outreach providers too. So that's helpful for me to be on their list of outreach providers for um, private practice just because there's always a need for mental health. I don't think that (laughs) there's enough out there. Yeah. Um, for you in particular, you had uh, mentioned the idea of social media and your job. Mm-hmm. So this kind of leans me into you are someone who helps others. And the idea of social media has become more of a negative than a positive. And I was kind of interested in how your business and how you take that into consideration when you do things like marketing and other promotional things yeah um that's a great question right (laughs) off the bat um social media is something i mean it can be a really great tool and it can be something that also um is impactful in the the clientele that i work with so i'm gonna backtrack a little bit so the clients that i treat i see ages 13 on up okay so adolescents um emerging adults i call them because they are kind of taking that leaps and and bounds into adulthood (laughs) and then of course all the adults that i treat yes so um depression anxiety trauma ptsd um, life changes, uh, career stress, all of those things that fall into um, really that demographic, but just anybody and everybody can kind of struggle with. Yeah. So when I see, and I've seen more of a trend, not even just specifically with women, but with some of the men that I see too, is Instagram, social media in general, can be kind of toxic at times. Absolutely. Um, there's this comparison trap that they can fall into when they're scrolling through the news feed mm-hmm. and they're looking at um, you know maybe where they're not at in the timeline of their life yes. or in comparison to you know they have this life or they're traveling or you know they just got this really great job or they got they had a baby and I mean all of these things that we can kind of fall into and we may or may not realize it scrolling through mm-hmm. but you're kind of left after just feeling like why like why do I feel this way? Mm-hmm. And unless we can be like uh, mentally aware, like kind of socially aware of like our feelings, yeah. it's not something that we can pinpoint all the time. Yeah. So coming back around to your question with that demographic is it's always something to be, um, I always say, what what accounts are you following? Mm-hmm. And what are you getting out of those accounts? Because sure. yeah. if they're not making you feel good about yourself, then it might be something that you need to either unfollow or delete. Yes. Um, and in my experience with Instagram and those kinds of um, social platforms is there are really great accounts that can be 100% real, very authentic, and helpful. Yes. So so my biggest thing is just bringing awareness to um, the stigma that surrounds mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, if anyone visits my Instagram, like I said, it's, it's very real in the sense of, you know, the content that I put out there. Um, and I love the accounts too. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but accounts that um, show just the everyday human struggles or just unedited photos, unfiltered yeah. photos. Yeah. Um, because I think for quite some time, Instagram has been so filtered and, and social media has been so filtered that people are craving mm-hmm. like this realness and authenticness out of people. Yeah. So when you see that, I think it feels really good and really humanizing when Absolutely. they're like, oh, wait, no, I can relate to this person. It's <laughs> yeah. not something I have to be left with comparing myself to them. So now that you have kind of broken that down and... I would love to press a little bit harder on you personally as far as the way that you broadcast and Mm -hmm. the way that you go about the social media market. In your attempts to kind of be positive and be as open as freely as possible, has there ever been a moment of, did you ever have to delete anything? Did you ever have to kind of, I don't know, backtrack or anything like that? Um, No, not necessarily. I think with um with social media as great of a platform as it can be and i look into like my own um, personal ethics as a therapist to where that self-disclosure piece Mm -hmm. um 
I look at it to where am I going to be helpful or am I going to be hurtful? Got it. And that's even in, when I self-disclose a little bit about myself in my client sessions is if this is going to help somebody along in their journey mm-hmm. and they might need to hear this, then that's something I'll probably share a little bit of a tidbit. Yeah. Um, but if it's going to be something that's going to be a little bit hurtful, then probably not. Mm-hmm. So um, coming back around to that question, as far as what I put out on my social media, a lot of it is... Um, things about insecurities, uh, why do we hold ourselves back, um, that comparison trap that we can get caught into. And I try to do a lot of psychoeducational type of posts, just understanding about um, how our mind works mm-hmm. and um, being kind of mentally aware or just kind of understanding our emotions a little bit more in general. Yeah. And um, like I said, kind of humanizing it in the sense of like what you're going through is okay. Yeah. I have this saying, you know, it's okay to not be okay. <laughs> and I think that's something that people appreciate hearing sure. because once again, there's this, this stigma that we should have it all together all the time. Yeah. And if you don't, then you come off as appearing weak. <laughs> and that's not the case. Um, I've never met anybody that has it all together. And if I do, either you're a really good actor or you're not being very honest. That's, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. And it's yeah. the truth. <laughs> so I think when people hear that, even when I say that in sessions, like you can kind of see people relax a little bit or their facial you know, expresses, expressions change yeah. because they're like, wow, that's you're right. But mm-hmm. we haven't always been given that message. Do you think that that's... Where do you think that that's the root of, especially when it comes to, I mean, internally... I feel like a lot of us have that that self-talk mm-hmm. and I always feel like if you have that self-talk why is it so hard to kind of motivate yourself to under like just question okay this social media post makes me feel a why can't I feel a or why why mm-hmm. does a make it's so why is it so prevalent in my mind why can't i switch it off or things like that is there anything that you could from your experience that you know of that that's the particular stem of the root of like why yeah no that's a great question and um without going too deep um but in a sense that kind of so we have these core beliefs about ourselves Mm -hmm. Um, and that kind of aligns with like this inner critic voice that we have kind of as you saying that that voice that's you know talking to us and yeah. um, you know I picture it something like um, you know in a cartoon where there's like an angel and then there's a demon yeah. and you know it's like they're talking to each other and a lot of times it's that inner critic that we end up listening to that you know is telling us you're not enough or it's holding you back from mm-hmm. something and um, you know it, it aligns a little bit with like our inner core beliefs of who we see ourselves as yeah and um, what I like to do, so so the the main approach that I use to in my therapy is a cognitive behavioral approach. Okay. So that's going to be making connections between um, our thoughts, our feelings, and then the action, the behavior that comes from that. Yeah. So for example, um, you know, kind of keep, I guess, talking about social media or just maybe an interaction, something that happens throughout the day mm-hmm. is it can happen so quick within seconds and we're left with this thought the emotion and then this behavior and we just accept it as it is yeah right like i just had a bad day and i'm just going to accept that i had a bad day yeah rather than maybe looking at what went wrong Mm -hmm. or what do i have control over in regards to my emotions Mm -hmm. so for example um you wake up in the morning and you know, maybe you're running late, your alarm clock didn't go off, you stub your toe, you're stuck in traffic. And it's kind of the sequence of events that happen. And yeah. we're left thinking, what else is my day going to bring me, <laughs> yeah. right? It's just one more thing that's going to go wrong. Yeah. And I challenge people in that sense to say, did you just have a bad moment in that mm-hmm. day? Or did you have a bad day? Yeah, But exactly. here we're left with this, this big label, like my day just went right. down the drain when maybe I just had a few inconvenient moments throughout mm-hmm. the day that I allowed to kind of take over. Yeah. So, um, so coming back around to that cognitive behavioral approach is we really work on um, creating, um, just slowing down their thought process, but also being able to understand what emotion am I really feeling right yeah. now? Um, and kind of labeling some of those thoughts. 
So when you said that thing of, you know, asking ourselves that, well, why can't I have this? And how, how do I get over this? Um, we kind of work around like getting curious with that thought mm -hmm. and looking at it from a sense of what facts do I have to back up that that thought is entirely true. Okay. So I'm going to use the timeline example there is to say, um, you know, a lot of the younger career uh, individuals that I work with, they find themselves looking at, well, wait a minute, I'm not married yet. I don't have kids. Mm -hmm. I don't have, you know, this white picket fence in this house yet. <laughs> yeah. And they're not looking at their own timeline to say, but what else have I accomplished? Absolutely. You know, I've put maybe my hard work into my career or I've put you know, my social life on hold because I want to get to where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And we don't give ourselves that acknowledgement of all the other things that we've accomplished. That is incredibly insightful. And, you know, and the one part of me is like, well, what about the other percentage of like those who maybe take it a little too far and over look and over analyze that sort of thing. And it, I feel like one of those, because when I was in college, I was like, oh, I, I kept saying to myself, I'm doing this because I want to graduate. I love mm -hmm. education. I love what I do. And that was my focus. Like I put my education first before relationships, before, you know, a lot of things, before my own culture sometimes. Mm -hmm. And there was that like, I'm doing this for a purpose. And like, sometimes I got to a point where I overanalyzed. I was like, okay, well, if I do this and I finish this, then, you know, how, like I always overanalyze to the point of like, well, I've already lost, you know, relationships. I've already lost some things. And like you said, we come kind of like built this focus pipeline mm -hmm. to the point where everything else kind of drifts away. And do you meet people like that? Do you work with people like that, too? Is that something that also comes up with your work? Yeah, so saying somebody that just is really hyper-focused mm -hmm. on yeah. you know, a specific thing. And um, I think I'd look at, um, you know, what what their goals would be. Mm -hmm. And I would never want to take away from, like, a skill or strength that they bring. So, you know, hence my name of Empowering Youth Therapy yeah. is, um, you know, this empowering approach that I like to use. So really it's a skill-based uh, uh, approach mm -hmm. to say, okay, so those really great skills and strengths that you have, yeah. we're going to bring those to the session and we're going to use them to your advantage. Okay. So I wouldn't want to look at that to be something that would be a negative, yeah. but too much of something Yes. isn't always a good thing yes, you know at the same time so it might be something that we might have to look at like like self-care so um you know if you're putting so much of your time and effort into career and you're saying like kind of this like pipeline this tunnel vision mm -hmm. um you know how much of that time are you giving back to yourself yes um and just really taking care of yourself um but i think it would be what is their goal in therapy and what are they hoping to get out of the process if they're sure. wanting to say hey, maybe I want to make my social life a little bit more of a priority or how do I make that shift into, you know, I'm, I'm killing it in my career and now I want to <laughs> kind of slow down a little bit. What what do I do? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we would look at things to um, to maybe ramp up something with like that self-care. Yeah. Um, if that kind of answers Yeah, that, that totally answers my yeah. question. Um, one of the other things that always comes up is kind of the aha moment. You know, we get entrepreneurs that, you know, either stumble into their career or um, were affected by some other situation. Whereas others like ourselves, you and I, where we were educated into our career paths. Was, mm -hmm. was the education process the point of your aha moment or was there an aha moment before that where you're like, I want to be this person? Yeah. I feel like I had more than one aha moment that okay. led me, you know, in, in the right direction. So, um, you know, on on the lines of, you know, education and kind of, you know, rewinding a little bit, going back to like my career path and where I got to where I'm at today. Um, so started off in, um, you know, social work and um, I had a few relatives that, you know, were social workers, you know, okay. my mom had even, you know, brought it up and I saw this like helping side out of her. Like she was just always somebody if it was like, 
within our community or even our neighborhood. Like yeah. she would always be that person that no matter what, like she's going to drop everything and she's going to go and help. So I felt like from a young age, I kind of saw that out of her okay. to always be that person of like just the listening ear. Yeah. You know, she won't vent to somebody like she will be that person. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so she kind of, um, you know, gave me this idea in my bachelor level to um, look at just taking this like social work one-on-one. Yeah. And, you know, I really enjoyed the class and it was a, with it comes a lot of psychology courses and everything too, which is very yeah. interesting. Um, so I actually, I graduated and I was working in a hospital setting. So as a medical uh, case manager. Okay. And I worked with such a diverse population, anybody and everybody. I was on the oncology floor. I'd be working in the NICU. Yeah. And it was great in a sense to work with a lot of different um, professionals and just people in general. But I knew I wanted something um, just outside of case management. So case management meaning like if they needed home care set up or they mm. um, just kind of assistance in general. Like I wanted to be more of like help somebody on a deeper level. Got it. So um I transitioned into working into a treatment foster care case manager. Okay. And I did that for a few years. And I worked with kids probably ages um, like 6 to like 18. Yeah. And treatment level meaning that they had a um, mental diagnosis or they had a physical diagnosis. Something that they just needed more one-on-one case management. Okay. So really tough field yeah, to I, be in in my early 20s. <laughs> um, but amazing in the sense of like seeing the resilience of these people yeah it was isn't that incredible yeah. even as a youth and even as a child almost like the resilience of the brain the resilience yeah. of the individual yeah. it's like some i don't know how some kids do it like it is so we get in nonprofits, we get in case managers like you know we've we've done some things with other nonprofits, and it breaks my heart some of the times where it's like kids under 13 and just what they go through it's mm-hmm. i i cannot imagine that life and some of the hardest like lives that they've ever lived and all i want to do is just like it gets better you will mm-hmm. you will get older it'll be better and that's all i want to say to them and sometimes i can't because it's just some of the times i look at them and they just going through so much it's just yeah. incredible that they're so resilient to even want to participate in something that some people might call insulting like you know it's like when you're out and homeless and you just sometimes some people feel like i don't need help i don't want help Mm -hmm. and it's just so hard to like look at that and like especially at a younger age too where they're like i don't need it i don't want it and it's just like and i cannot imagine what you went through for those years in your 20s and uh one of the things that i want to ask you is what are some of the challenges that you have to take home that sometimes people like when we bring in entrepreneurs here there are level levels of complexities and difficulties that people would not know offhand about you and your business Mm -hmm. is there something as minuscule as it may be or as big as it may be is there something that you would like to tell people to help them understand as a therapist and as a person, I'm also, you know, someone who goes home yeah. as a home of my own. Is there something that you would like to, like, let people know and connect with on that? Um, is that I, it's it's hard sometimes to yeah. leave work at work. I mean, I'm still a human. Yeah. You know, there I think about um my you know, I think about my clients outside of the sessions. Yeah. Just because I generally want to see them do well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a hard thing to do to leave, you know, work at work. And, um, but I've, I don't know if I've even necessarily found the right way to, to do this because I think it really depends on the situation of, you know, what specific clients I'm working with. And, um, but when you work with a really, um, kind of like a client in crisis or, um, somebody who really is going through a really tough time. So when I worked in, outpatient mental health in North Dakota. I was there for about three years and it was very high risk clients. Oh, okay. So it was really hard then to go home and just you're thinking, I hope they're okay. Yeah. Just, I hope they're okay. I, yeah, yeah. that That's what I kind of wanted to, to kind of hit the nail on the head is that, you know, at the end of the day, you work with these people, but when you clock out, mm-hmm. does not necessarily, that's the hardest part about your job is that 
even though as much as you can be professional and as much as you can be, you know, this is my client, I, I am professional, you go home at the end of the day and you still have that concern, that emotional connection, whether it's, you know, someone who's okay, can handle it on their own, or if it's someone who's in crisis, like mm-hmm. you said, you're still that individual who goes home and knows the knowledge of that person, still wants best for that person. And I think that that's something that, you know, people need to understand that the, at the end of the day, no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard people want to make it easier on you or whatever it may be, you're still that individual who goes home and like, you, you could cry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you have depression sometimes because yep. it sucks. Yeah. You know, those are the things that kind of come along with your business, but you love it almost mm-hmm. to the sense of like, that's what fuels you. Yeah. That's what oh, brings definitely. your 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 gas tank from empty to full mm-hmm. is being able to help someone like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly like I understand because that's how I feel about this podcast is I get to meet people like yourself whose energy is fueled by what they do. Yeah. And so for me, I get the fuel from hearing that story because that's all I that's that's the energy that fuels me. And so I like to I like to connect with people on that level, that sense of like your fuel and my fuel are somewhat similar in the Mm -hmm. sense that like you have this thing of connecting with people. And I hope to think that people who come on our podcast connect with me. So right. Thank you. I, I just, I'm sorry. I just get so enthralled in this because you're definitely someone who I like am interested in wanting to kind of bring into note because mental health is a thing that yes. has become starting to be more prevalent, more important. I think a lot of people don't understand it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's healthy. We have to educate. We have to learn. Yes. We have to bring that in. And so having you here gives that opportunity for people to understand that it's okay. You don't right. have to be scared of it's it. It's okay to not be okay, yes. right? Yes. yes. <laughs> and you are you are definitely someone who empowers others. And one of the things that I would like to ask you is about your better half and how you guys <laughs> make this work together. You know, when she comes home, you know, what what's it like for you as far as balance with her her career and your career? You know, what's that like for you guys? Uh, no, he's definitely like my my cheerleader, but I think he can tell too, like if I just had kind of a rough day. Yeah. Um, you know, and you really can't like in my I'm I can't really give a whole lot of details about, you know, like clients or you know, yeah, HIPAA and there's yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. things like that that go around it. So I think for him it might just be um <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. Like us just, we love to be outdoors or we just, I think you kind of know maybe if there's just something where he's like, all right, maybe she doesn't really want to get into it, doesn't want to talk about it, but I'll, uh, you know, make an effort to just be extra, like, I don't know, funny. Like he's just (laughs) like, I need that. You know, I need that to just be like, all right, Holly, you just, you got to leave, you got to leave it at the door. Um, You know, and I call it like helping others help themselves. So it's just even for myself, just to remind me that, I can only do so much. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he wants to yeah, chime into if that. You, if you, or... We can pick it up. What, if you want to sit there, if you want to sit next to her, whatever you're comfortable with. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let him introduce himself. Uh, Holly's better half. Go ahead. My name is Bryce Bowes. Um, I guess you can call me Holly's better half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I think you're my better half. No. No, I, I think both of us um, being very career driven, um, very career driven, um, we have our, our days and our weeks. Um, yeah. There's, I'm up at 4.50 every morning and um, giving her a kiss as it's it's been dark out. And yeah. When, when I'm gone, I'm not coming home until usually it's um, dark out. So yeah. it, it, I think the one thing that we've had to learn as a couple is to really um, cherish our quality time together. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. And and really focus on not bringing the stresses of work home. Okay. And it's not saying that we always do that, but it's really easy to um, bring those stresses home. And, Absolutely. And it, it can take a toll on your relationship. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we focus a lot of energy together on um, the challenges that we're going through or look at the the good and and our goal setting um, yeah. together to really try to push each other to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. It, 
So here's my other thing. Now, I'm the kind of guy that like looks at, okay, you're a therapist. <laughs> it's like the therapist is like better at like it. You honestly explained that really well. And I want to ask you, it's like, do you, do you guys work together? Like for couples therapy, is there things that you kind of introduced him to? Was there, you know, what was that first date like? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've known each other actually since we were 15. Oh, wow. But, Even better. Like, <laughs> but, so, you know, small town, North Dakota, but we um, didn't start dating until later in our 20s. Okay. Life just had a way of kind of like bringing us back together and we'd run into each other at, you know, random events or places and it was just, sure. um, you know, timing was a factor. But um, I guess our biggest thing too, as you're saying, like being kind of career oriented, um, is what lesson is this teaching us right now? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big question that I hear from him um you know sometimes too and I I've heard it from him to say at times like Holly I'm not one of your clients <laughs> let's not <laughs> yeah. do therapy and and it's not like I try to but it's you know I guess like the the communication that we've been able to find like a good balance with I don't know if I'd even relate it so much to just you know my career I think there's um definitely some amazing things with like couples therapy sure. and I think therapy, anybody and everybody could benefit from therapy. Absolutely. And um, it's not an end all. Um, so many couples, even just in the sense of communication and just learning likes and dislikes, I mean, you're putting two people together with completely different backgrounds sure. and saying, you know, <laughs> let's make this work out. Yeah. So um, that's been something just for us is just figuring out in different parts of our lives, even when we were living in North Dakota to moving down here, like our challenges and so many things have changed that we've grown closer That's through good. those yeah. times yeah. together too. Absolutely. We um we're going through that experience right now in particular we're we're getting married next week. I saw that on your <laughs> blog. Congrats. <laughs> yes. And so the process of building so we're doing it in the backyard and basically we've been under construction with the house and since last year. Mm-hmm. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that we take our challenges and we ask ourselves, like, what are we learning from this? And, you know, some of the difficulties of, you know, um, a wedding, you know, the invitations, you know, who gets invited, um, some of the other factors like, you know, all the uh, people who are going to be helping us, um, some of the other stuff, like all those stresses, um, we, you know, we, we try and communicate the best we can. But when there are very large or hiccups and things like that, we have to take a moment to you know communicate and mm-hmm. learn we had to learn how to communicate well enough to you know educate each other on how we take information in and how we process it yes and so that's been very helpful to help us understand that it is a hard time but we have to understand that through the challenges we have to be in constant communication and on top of that we have to be able to communicate well enough with one another in our specific communication style otherwise I get insulted or she gets insulted someone's feelings get hurt right and so we've been you know working on I think we've done pretty well as far as getting (laughs) to this moment (laughs) but yes we you know I I definitely when you brought up communication and and kind of the challenges with you know being together and working together on top of that there are constant communication is one of the pillars that we we fall on all the time yeah no, that's such an important piece. And I always say to the, you know, the intent behind, you know, the communication or even an argument is, and I say this to so many of my clients and they kind of laugh when, when I say it, but I, you know, the intent behind something like communication is, well, did you mean to do that to make them have a bad day and hurt their feelings? And they're like, well, no. no, you know, so it's always the intent is yeah. good. Yeah. It's just the delivery sometimes mm-hmm. of how it comes Absolutely. off. Absolutely. <laughs> um, is there... Is there something that you guys do routinely to kind of keep your professional and personal lives separate? Or is there something that you guys do routinely to keep your relationship in strong? Um, I'm just looking for helpful yeah, tips. No, I just, <laughs> we spend so much quality time um, together. And um, I mean, we have, you know, two of our dogs. We love being outdoors. Now mm-hmm. it's nice enough in Phoenix to, you know, be outside and you're not going to melt. But um we just we spend a lot of our time together but um i think we we know each other well enough too like like i said to kind of just read each other of like when you're down and out like 
I, you know, might need some pick me up or you got to make me laugh or, you know, just, just listen to me sometimes for me. It's just being like, if I need to vent, just be that person. I don't want to be told, you know, what to do. I just want (laughs) to, you know, just let me vent. And I think that's something, and just even saying those things sometimes, like, you know, with, again, with my clients, I'm open with them to be like, sometimes just tell them what you want. Like I'm having a really tough day. Like just give me something, you know, like give me another like X, like extra, you know, validation or something. And that's okay to do that. Just give a little bit of direction sometimes, yeah. and that's that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So I think people like in me in particular, I in that way where you need to tell me if you're something going wrong. I need that communication mm-hmm. so that I know. Okay, I only need to listen, or oh, okay, I only need to, you know, let you vent. Like that sort of thing is yeah. where it's like, you know, I I try and be as direct as possible because my the way I think is there's an issue. But there's always always a problem. There's always a solution or somewhat of a physical action to help with that problem. Yes. For me, at least. Yes. And I'd like to get to that point as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Because to me, my father always told me, "There's no point crying over spilled milk." Yeah. You have to be able to pick yourself up and approach the problem and fix it. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I've always approached problems and things like that so that's how my mentality works and i've explained that to 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 her and now we've started to really pick up our communication that skill level of like Mm -hmm. i need you to take a moment or i need you to take a beat (laughs) well and it's it's great advice that you were given that piece of advice um when you were younger as a you know as a child to say hey this is how we process and we deal you know with an issue with a problem Um, because so many of, you know, some of the clients and struggles that we see again with just feelings and these emotions, right? They're terrible and we shouldn't have them and they're Mm -hmm. wrong is, you know, as children, I hear so much that it's, you know, you fall, you scrape your knee, you wipe the tears, dry them up and go on your way. Or you come home from school, you have a bad day. It's, you know, wipe the tears up. Let's, you know, go on your way. And it's you're not really teaching that child those like so um you know so important type of processing feelings yeah um you're teaching them that what they're feeling is wrong Mm -hmm. you're invalidating in a sense so we don't really ask ourselves you know and and those skills that are so important to learn you know as children we carry them into our adolescence and as adults to say what's really going on here and let's talk about how that made you feel. Mm-hmm. And then let's go on from there. Yeah. Um, because then we take that, and I see that a lot in adults, they're like, you know, information overload when they have feelings because they're like, these are wrong and I shouldn't have them. I don't know what to do with them. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, now we got to slow down. <laughs> we got to, you know, kind of go back to educating. <laughs> yeah. But we, you see that a lot. And that, like I said, kind of maybe tax on again, coming back around to that stigma is that when you have a feeling, it, it means that you're weak. Mm-hmm. Rather than understanding if that's something that's important to to you, then let's talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we do have a section of our podcast called Brittany's Big Question. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so Brittany is finally here right. for one of the, like, because she's very busy and we've, we the last two, we haven't had a Brittany's Big Question. I had to fill in. So now that Brittany is here, oh, awesome. yay! Awesome. <laughs> Please welcome Brittany for Thank Brittany's you. Big Question. And great to meet you officially, Thank Holly. You. Yes. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you guys have gone over this. Like I said, I just I walked in early, so I apologize. But I want to know your morning routine. Any hacks or, routine. or maybe you have a nighttime routine. Or it just seems like mm-hmm. with mental health, you have to either prepare yourself in the morning to be thankful or Gratitude. grateful. Yes. And at night, you have to, working in you know mental Down, health, you have to sometimes downshift. get mm-hmm. rid of that mm-hmm. so you can have a good night's rest. Do you have any any routines morning or night or both? Uh, both, both. No, in the in the morning, I am one too to where um, I'm a big podcast person. Cool. So it's almost like these affirmations that I might have for myself of like, okay, how do you want to start your day? Mm-hmm. Um, is there a certain something that I want to be looking for that day? As far as like you said, gratitude is yep. amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, and or maybe even a lesson like maybe I'm really going to challenge myself to do this today because I struggled with it yesterday. Sure. So mm-hmm. you know, it's something that I find myself doing as I'm getting ready or. Um, um, I couldn't live without coffee, so that's probably part of my morning routine. <laughs> what are some of the podcasts um, you like? Oh, yeah, gosh. that'd be good. 
Um, there's, I know she was on, uh, t- a few sessions ago or podcasts ago, excuse me, Lindsay Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I love Lindsay. her. I went to her powerhouse women event. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Oh, congratulations. How was that? Uh, yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, her thing is get like getting out of your own way. Yeah. So literally that's what I've been trying to do. Yeah. Um, cool. she's been great. There's, um, Lori Harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, now you guys are putting me on the spot <laughs> of a few of them that I like listening to. Um, can I can't. Kayla Craft, do you listen to her at all? I haven't. Jenna Kutcher is another Jenna one Kutcher, that's really yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's from Minnesota, so yeah. it kind of got those Midwest uh, roots there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are just, you know, a few of them that I listen to. And, and I think it really depends on the day, too. Like, I've had kind of a, uh, a rougher day, maybe just at work, I might to decompress, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. on my way home. Mm-hmm. I use that time in my car, and sometimes I'll set a limit on it. Like, yeah. if it takes me 25 minutes to get home from work, this is the time 25 minutes i'm going to give myself and then when i walk in the door to my husband then i feel i'm going to feel better then i'm going to leave that then maybe in the car but i'm I'm giving myself that time to kind of decompress so i do use a lot of car time like to and from work to just allow it to be like all right this is where you're going to get it done this is where you're going to process some of these things and then you're going to go on your way (laughs) so that's that's what i find um helpful journaling i have um um, a lot of like self-reflection I use. So I have this five-year journal. Wow. Um, and it goes back date by date. And there's some prompts in there too as far as like questions okay. it's going to ask you. Yeah. And it's amazing to see the growth in like the past few years. Like even where we've come in the past few years from, you know, the move and the wedding, everything. And you're like, wow, like that's what I was worried about mm-hmm. then, yeah. you know? That, and was, it, that was my main concern. Right, yeah. right. So that's a really cool, um, you know, way two of just uh, decompressing but morning and night routines i those would definitely be my top ones that i try to make a priority that's really great Mm -hmm. i like that that question that was really good thank you (laughs) great question she always comes up with great ones and i'm always like when i need to get these questions written (laughs) down um is you know before we go there's always usually like uh you know goals and kind of we talk about future stuff for for the later down the road kind of things and now that you brought up your journaling it kind of segues really nicely into that for your own business and um for your own you know practice is there a ultimate goal is there something like a 10-year plan for yourself yeah um just i would love to grow you know my practice further yeah already now looking into you know hiring another therapist so we can open up more time slots and as i'm getting busier there's a need for it which is amazing it's beautiful um but i would love to just reach um you know in that 10-year plan the community more with my story and i didn't get much into it today but my own personal journey with mental health and as I call it sitting on the other side of the couch and um, you know through kind of some domestic violence situation I was in in my early 20s that I would love to share with the community because it just opens that thing up of we're all human and we all you know are going through something so I think it would be more of sharing my journey and just Mm -hmm. how amazing mental health can be and just yeah. to continue to bring awareness to that stigma well holly you're always welcome back you know <laughs> Thank that you. it's an open door <laughs> policy you know my couch is your couch yes <laughs> <laughs> um and you really have brought together like i'm so sorry that i didn't ask you personally what you've been through but you know you what we like to establish here is just kind of a cursory meeting and kind of like get to know you and um you're always welcome back absolutely 100 percent um yeah, and I think it'd be nice to kind of like if you ever think about it, you know, I always pitch ideas to people. I mean, a therapist chair podcast would be something yeah. somewhat of yeah. a, a fun. I know Dr. Drew does one podcast and he's a little bit more liberal about what he talks about. Yes. But it's <laughs> essentially, um, I think, you know, overall, like you have a clientele and you have a very specific genre of adult, like uh, emerging adults. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Uh, emerging <laughs> adults. And then I think that it'd be really cool to kind of see your point of view and perspective on a weekly or even a monthly basis mm-hmm. just because I think it's one part cathartic for some individuals like ourselves who communicate with individuals all the time to kind of express ourselves right um and I think for my own kind of self-reflection this is my journaling this yes. is my life unfolded you know but hopefully 
people enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, but, uh, you know, overall, I think that you, if I could pitch anything to you, that would be something later down the road for you to consider. Is, no, that's amazing. You know, having your own podcast. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And so if you, if it helps, please come back. We'll get that story and, you know, get to know you a little bit for better sure. because for I think sure. that that's something that people would be more uh, apt to like really wanting to sit down and listen to for a while and, you know, kind of dig deep with that. Before we go, we do leave it to you to kind of um, tell everyone where they can find you online, mm-hmm. anything upcoming events, yeah. other things like that, where they can find you. So where you can find me um, online, of course, Instagram. So that's at Empowering Youth Therapy. Um, also on Facebook, Empowering Youth Therapy. You can um, go to my website, www.empoweringyoutherapy.com. Awesome. Um, you can reach me at my phone, uh, 480-442-9089. Address of your location? Um, address is 20 East University Drive um, awesome. and Suite 208, and that's just right in the heart of downtown Tempe. Awesome. Um, upcoming events, which is exciting. I wasn't able to get to this, but I will be a speaker at the 2019 Power Women's Leadership Conference Yay! at ASU. Awesome. Um, taking place October 20th. It's 10 a.m. to, I think, 3.30 p.m. So Congratulations. Thank you. So I'm excited about that. And I'll be talking a little bit about uh, mental health at that conference. Yes. That's so beautiful. Congratulations, Thank first you. off, and then good luck to you. And then a shout out to Lindsay for making that happen because yeah. she's incredible. <laughs> um, is there anything that you would like to broadcast? Let it, I mean, I know that you have a firm that you work with, so I just kind of throw it out there. <laughs> would you like to promote that firm? <laughs> um, I, I will. I'll share one thing because of, of yes. Oh, his, I like this um, empowering approach, and and mainly. Um, with her, her focus with women. Look at her getting all red I and know, shy. <laughs> Come on. I got to tech nice don't myself. <laughs> um, it's just it, it, incredible to be her husband and, and be by her side um, along this journey um, oh. that, she, that she's been down. I'm actually in, in process of um, building a new um, hospital for Dignity Health and, and yes. Phoenix Children's in Gilbert. Yes. And it's the first um, women's, well, I, I believe it's the first from what I've been told, but um, the first women's and children's hospital in the state of Arizona. That's beautiful, man. So it, um, it's it's a really cool thing to be able to support the community and everything and, and um, for, for the cause. So um, Absolutely. To, be, to be able to share that cause together is something yeah. special. Yeah. For sure. Oh, Look at you too. That's beautiful. <laughs> and then on top of that, I mean, you guys have something special. So you guys are both welcome back anytime. Oh, I, I think that you guys are fantastic. If I could, you know, say anything, I wish you both the best of luck on your marriage. And hopefully Brittany and I can take something away from that and be able to continue our relationship the same of course, path. course. Thanks. Um, before we go, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of our uh, podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We do have social media available for you guys, so check it out under Finding Arizona Podcast. Last but not least, to help support us and to help support everyone who comes through our doors, we do have a, a special bonus podcast called Fine Examination. It's 50 rapid-fire questions that we ask every guest, and Miss Holly will be t- participating yes. in that <laughs> next up. And so go support us over there at Patreon.com slash Podcast, and we will see you on the next one. Goodbye.